the more I sense that I am a sinner forgiven by God, the easier it is to forgive other people. Why? Because I don't feel superior to them. It's very difficult to forgive somebody that you feel vastly superior to. And it's much easier to forgive somebody that you say, well, you know, I'm not a lot like that myself. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking all about forgiveness. I used to think, as I think many of us do, that when you forgive someone, that means you're somehow overlooking or sort of excusing the wrong that was done to you. But then, how does justice fit into that? Can you forgive and pursue justice at the same time? And what's the difference between justice and vengeance? What is forgiveness, really? Our guest today believes forgiveness is central to our flourishing, that it is crucial to our hearts and to our lives and to our world. He shares why it's crucial to building and keeping relationships and how daring to forgive brings the humility and empathy we need to restore the world. Pastor and theologian and author, Dr. Timothy Keller is the founding pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in Manhattan and founder of City to City, which helps start churches in New York and other major cities around the world. Tim is the author of many New York Times bestsellers, including The Reason for God and Prodigal God, which together have sold over 2 million copies and been translated into over 25 languages. This is what Christianity Today wrote about Tim. Quote, 50 years from now, if evangelical Christians are widely known for their love of cities, their commitment to mercy and justice, and their love of their neighbors, Tim Keller will be remembered as a pioneer of the new urban Christians. Tim has been my pastor and my friend for over 30 years. I owe him more than I could possibly say. It was under Tim's teaching, for instance, that I first understood that there is no hierarchy in terms of the work we do for God. God can use poets and painters as much as he can use pastors. That, as the Pope said, artists can be preachers of beauty. Tim's ministry also changed how I understood the Bible. He opened my eyes to grace, and I began to realize that I'd approached the Bible as a series of morality lessons, a sort of collection of Aesop's fables telling me what I should or I shouldn't be doing in order for God to love me. As I listened to Tim's preaching, I began to see that the Bible isn't about me and what I'm supposed to be doing. It's about God and what God had done for all of us. The Bible isn't a rule book or a book of heroes to copy. It's most of all a story, the wonderful story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. Tim's preaching and teaching set my imagination on fire. And it was in his teaching that I understood the Christian theology that would transform not only my writing, but my faith. 
His name is the first in my acknowledgements of the Jesus Storybook Bible. Tim has been such a profound and huge blessing in my life. So you can imagine when I got to hear his words of praise in this conversation, well, it's really what J.R.R. Tolkien said, quote, the praise of the praiseworthy is above all rewards, end quote. I'm so grateful. In a world that can sometimes seem filled only with hate and anger, Tim brings us a refreshing message of hope. And that hope starts with our own hearts. Tim gives us very practical ways to diagnose our own hearts, to uncover motives and be freed from unforgiveness. One of my favorite quotes about forgiveness is this one from Lewis B. Smeads. Quote, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that that prisoner was you, end quote. I am so honored to have Tim on the podcast. He's one of the most humble people I know. He's wise and gentle and can share complex truths without jargon in startlingly simple, profound and beautiful ways. I can't wait for you to hear from him. So without further ado, please welcome my dear friend and now yours, Tim Keller. Forgiveness is when someone owes you a debt, that instead of making them pay the debt back, you absorb the debt. And no one deserves that. And yet we cannot live without it. If you are a Christian, you know that your relationship with God is impossible unless God forgives you. He doesn't make you repay our debt because our debt is far more than we could pay. It's also true that if you do know you're forgiven by God, that then you turn to other people who owe you, who have wronged you, and you're able to forgive them. But do they deserve it? No, of course not. And you didn't deserve your forgiveness from God, and they don't deserve your forgiveness from you. But we do it because this is in a fallen world. That means in a world in which people are very, very broken. They're very flawed, where we're constantly wronging each other. We wouldn't be able to have marriages. We wouldn't be able to have friendships. We wouldn't be able to have human community of any kind if we didn't learn how to give undeserved uh, forgiveness to one another. I don't think it's that hard to see that forgiveness is actually more problematic for people today than it's ever been. There's a great deal of anger in our culture in general. Younger people in particular feel that forgiveness seems to contradict pursuing justice. Most people think it's a choice between I could either pursue justice or I can just forgive. Younger people say, well, I, I can't just forgive them. I need to pursue justice. So younger people feel that they shouldn't forgive. And I think a lot of people, because of their anger, feel like they can't forgive. There's an external and an, an internal aspect to forgiveness. Externally, you're trying to build bridges to people that have wronged you. You're trying to reconcile. You're trying to repair a relationship that went bad. And uh, it's really not a great idea at all to just have a litany, a record as you get older, of people that you're not, you, you don't want to talk to. If you see them on the street, you avoid them. If you see that they're going to be somewhere, you can't go there because you don't talk to them anymore. And uh, what, what happens is as a 72-year-old, I want you to know that that list can be incredibly long eventually. 
And younger people today right now, what they do when they don't like somebody or they feel like somebody's wronged them is they do not go and try to talk about it or deal with it. What they do is they just stop texting. They just stop emailing. They just disappear. The personal confrontation where you try to build the bridge back again, younger people just don't know how to do it. And I want you to know, you have no idea if you how bad that is if you if anybody who ever wrongs you you just basically walk away from them i don't have time for this uh wait do you see how long that list is going to be it is really crucial to make it a central part of our lives just so that we can continue to live because you can't have a marriage unless you know how to do this you can't have any kind of sustained friendship or relation or, or community without this the other thing is the internal is you just stay very angry all the time if you don't know how to forgive, you stay bitter, frankly, and uh, it, it can just poison your life. The English word wrath comes from the old English Anglo-Saxon word that means to be twisted. And that's the reason why wreath and wrath have, are basically derived from the same word. You know how a wreath is a is twists. It's, it's not, it, you're taking something and twisting it into a, you know, into a, a circle. And what anger does, if it's not resolved, is it just twists you. And most of all, it makes you uh, self-absorbed because you're always, it's self-pity. Uh, you're always thinking about how wronged you've been, how bad things have happened, that things just haven't gone right with you. And it's just really crucial to make it a central part of our lives, uh, you might say emotionally. House forgiveness really not a compromise on, on pursuing justice. So here it is in a nutshell. If you don't forgive in your heart, you actually won't be pursuing justice. You'll be pursuing vengeance. And they are not the same thing. Pursuing justice means actually trying to make things right. Pursuing vengeance means I'm trying to hurt that other person. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You know, somebody knocked out your tooth, you knock out their tooth. That sounds terrible until you realize that that's, that's justice, actually. <laughs> Vengeance is, if you knocked out my, one of my teeth, I'm going to knock out all of yours. You know, if you knocked out, if you, if you put out one of my eyes, I'm going to put out both of yours. Because the natural instinct is not actually to seek justice. The natural instinct is to just harm this person. Because you made me unhappy and I'm going to harm you. And here's what happens when you pursue vengeance. Justice usually doesn't happen. Not only do you go past justice and you always demand something more, but usually the person never responds. What if you basically found one of your friends to be very, uh, they said something that hurt you. And it, you've been stewing over it. And finally you say, I really just need to tell them that they were very, very insensitive. But if you don't forgive that person before you go there, what you're going to do is you're going to sit there and say, let me tell you what you did to me. There's going to be a, a bravado. There's going to be an anger. And you're going to be actually trying to make them feel as bad as they made you feel. And instead of them saying, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry. I really need to change that. I tend to I have such a big instead they're going to get their back up and they're going to say, well, what about you? And you did this and you did that. And they're not going to listen to you. And you're actually not going to get what you want, which is that person to really see what they did wrong. You're actually not going to hold them accountable 
because actually you're, you're out for vengeance and that you, the, the people will not listen to you. What you really have to do is you have to recognize that my motivation for justice, if I forgive him, is justice. I want the person to change actually out of love for that person. It's, it's, you, you want them to not behave like that. You want to save other victims. You don't want that person to do it to other people. In other words, if you've forgiven the person, your motivation for pursuing justice is actually love, honoring God, honoring other people. But if you don't forgive, then your motivation is actually completely selfish. And it'll make you, you're not really caring about other victims. You're not even caring about God. You're not caring about the person. You're trying to deliver the person from the bad habit or, or that. Instead, you're actually just thinking about yourself. I remember having a conversation with a, a, a teenage girl who rightly was very, very angry at her father for a number of things. He was very, very unkind to her and very distant from her. And, and she was just furious. And I said, you know, you have to forgive your father. And she said, why? That's terrible. And I said, you realize that if you don't forgive your father, he's won. He's victorious. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I'll tell you why. If you don't forgive your father, when you grow up, you're going to be, you're, you're going to say, well, I'm not going to do that because my father would have liked it, or I'm going to do that because my father wouldn't have liked it, or I'm not going to do that to my children because my, my father did that to me. I said, you know what? He's going to control you your entire life. You're not going to be acting as yourself. You're going to be acting as that, that man's daughter because you're going to be basically trying to stick pins in him every minute of the day for the rest of your life you know, like a little voodoo doll. And I said, what, you're, what you've got to do is if you really want freedom from him, you have to forgive him. And she said, I never thought of it like that. And again, it helped her break through. There are several artists because, we, because of where we are. Redeemer uh, Presbyterian Church, large church in the middle of Manhattan. And there were a fair number of folks who were writers, um, visual artists, musicians, actors, actresses, people like that, who uh, in their more formative years, years ago, which was, you know, 20, 30 years ago now, started coming to Redeemer and it, it, they got a kind of new insight into how the Bible works and, and what Christian theology is all about. And then it, it started to, you might say, fuse, in, infuse their work. Sally was one of them and one of the best. I mean, she just did a great job when she started writing uh, children's books and children's storybook Bible. She was she was basically taking what she was learning as a Christian in the uh, uh, at Redeemer and just sharing it with with children. And she just did a remarkable job, especially with Kathy, my wife. She was always sending her ideas and saying, "What do you think of this? Does this make sense? I'm thinking about writing this or doing this." And and so we we were able to be advisors. We were just, we just loved loved what she was doing. What's exciting and moving to us, and this should be true of anybody who's listening to this, you never know uh, when you try to help one person, when you influence somebody for Jesus in any way at all, you never know how that's going to reverberate. You know, it's like when you, you put a single little stone, throw it into the pond, and there's all these circles that come out all the way to the edge. You know, it, it affects the whole pond. This is a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible, and its title is Washed with Tears. The important people, capital I, capital P, the important people were cross. They thought Jesus should not be kind to this woman. 
That woman is a sinner, they grumbled. We're the good ones. And it's true, they did look good from the outside. After all, they were keeping all the rules. But Jesus could see inside people. And inside, in their hearts, Jesus saw that they did not love God or other people. They were running away from God and they thought they didn't need a rescuer. They thought they were good enough because they kept all the rules, but sin had stopped their hearts from working properly. And their hearts were hard and cold. This woman knows she's a sinner, Jesus told them. She knows she'll never be good enough. She knows she needs me to rescue her, and that's why she loves me so much. You look down on this woman because you don't look up to God. She's sinful on the outside. Oh, but you're sinful on the inside. The important people shook with anger. Jesus turned to the woman and smiled. Your sins are forgiven, he said. You trusted me, and God has rescued you. It's very clear that the more I sense that I am a sinner forgiven by God, the more I'm just grateful for his grace, the more I see that God just has just given me all this undeserved forgiveness, the easier it is to forgive other people. Why? Because I don't feel superior to them. It's very difficult to forgive somebody that you feel vastly superior to. And it's much easier to forgive somebody that you say, well, you know, I'm a lot like that myself. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Oh, hello, it's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.